0: Welcome to the Dignified People podcast, shining a light on systemic oppression and what we can do about it.
1: This episode of Dignified People is affiliated with Summit Future Foundation, which is a Kansas City-based non-for-profit that empowers youth and young adults with developmental disabilities to achieve a meaningful life in their community. You can visit us online at summitfuturefoundation.org or if you'd like to get social with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Summit Future Foundation.
0: All right everyone, today I'm here with Ben Edwards and I think we have a really great episode for you guys. So we'll just jump right into it. Um, ben, how do you want to identify yourself to our audience?
2: I would I would say I wanna identify as an autistic person, someone with ADHD as well and certain other mental health and certain mental health conditions that I'm, as I currently suspect I have. And yeah, I would say, first and foremost, I, well, one thing I would say, for first and foremost of things I would say is that I am someone who calls myself a neurodivergent person and someone who's throughout the years been involved in the neurodivergent community and disability community. So, I try to do what I think is right at any given time in any issue related to disability or neurodivergence or anything of that kind of nature.
0: Very cool. So, what do you currently do professionally?
2: I currently work as at UMKC's Propel program for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities who are post-high school people and so we work to give them a modified college experience that can either help them after they leave college altogether or go on to a next step into their college career so i work as the program enrichment coordinator i am i'm in charge of a lot of data a lot of just designing different materials to help propels different works function with its students and in charge of a lot of social media related things for Propel.
0: Cool. So what led you to Propel?
2: I'd say it was, I knew the person who became, I think it's called their um, chief investigator, technically the overall head, um, but called chief investigator. I knew this person from being in a disability studies certificate program at UMKC, where she was my instructor for three of the classes, and I did some—I did some, you know, volunteered to do some work in the Propel classrooms as part of this. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that cool. That's what led me to.
0: And you have some some other background in work you've done with some other local colleges. Is is that right?
2: Yes. Um. I've worked and been involved with the autistic community of Johnson County Community College, the University of Central Missouri. And so yeah, I've been involved with Mm -hmm. them and a lot of their disability communities too.
0: Great. So I know that one of the things that um, I've heard you talk a lot about is culture and how that relates to um, autism spectrum disorders. So what does like culture mean to you?
2: It means to me kind of something shared among a group of people, maybe not quite universally, but it is kind of distinctly there, as though it doesn't mean other cultures cannot, in fact, you know, get, you know, that their own cultures aren't in any way not shaped by outsiders at all. That. Mm-hmm. One it doesn't mean that one culture isn't, in fact, some aspect of it has never been influenced by another culture, but somehow it becomes something distinct to a culture, or somehow there it is something that comes distinct to a, cult, a group of people in its own way, shape, or form, and yes, it's sort of, it's sort of this thing that people in a group can kind of claim as kind of some connection to. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. So how do you see the difference in culture between people who would maybe be considered neurotypical and then neurodivergent?
2: Um, For neurodivergent people, I'd say there's a lot less, there's a lot more of an element of being considered like Not part of, well, not this element of being considered, like, the default group of people. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of reflection among things that are, you know, products of autistic culture that reflect that. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's just, whether it's, um, oh, whether it's, like, John Elder Robison's work about writings about being autistic or whether it's, um, any piece of art or music expressing that experience or anything, or just expressing being part of that community. So I think, yeah, there is kind of a more of an element of, um, you know, being pushed to the margins, but also, um, things that also just I'm I guess I'm not sure what exactly is I'm thinking but very much a lot of things that are not they're more around based around having a different way of being that is different from what people consider the default way of being sure yeah
0: and so what has kind of led you to kind of think more about and explore these these ideas around differences in culture?
2: Um, well, I would say that one thing that shaped a lot of my um, um, exploration of these differences in culture was being a cultural studies major while also working as the well, at the same time as being the The student president of JCCC's Autistic Student and Peer Organization and the unofficial UCM Autistic Student and Peer Organization so just and different cultural different experiences with different cultures that led me to see how people identify themselves with other people or identify themselves as distinct from some people.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: whatever, so, yeah, whatever that's comes from.
0: Yeah. So, what would you say would be like a? If I it's hard to generalize across all people and all people with autism spectrum disorders as well. But what do you see as maybe being like a key player in the culture of someone with an autism spectrum disorder?
2: Um. It can be well I think maybe just sort of um, just sort of connections more um, just relationships with other people who are on the autism spectrum or who don't identify as neurotypical for some reason for whatever reason Um, yeah just I think the key Thing is kind of the just, um, social, um, components that have brought autistic people together, whether it's like, um, clubs, support groups, um, online forums, mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways that's kind of the backbone of autistic culture.
0: Sure. And... If the listeners wanted to go out and find out more about the culture, uh, autistic culture, how would they go about doing that?
2: Oh there are a lot of, I think there are a lot of different um, organizations that definitely have a lot of information. There are groups I think like the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network, the Autism Women's and non Network and um, the Thinking Person's Guide to Autism. There, you can, you can ask. They could ask any autistic person they might know, or who they can get in contact with. Um, there, there are a lot of different ways. They could definitely read a lot of the books that are out there by John Elder Robison, and, there, and there's of course books by Temple Grandin too, which I think have a lot of. If nothing else, have a lot of information that is very eye opening.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, part of the premise of this podcast is kind of dissecting some like systemic oppression, and so yes. looking at systems. Um, when it comes to systems, how does a person's culture impact their access to some of the systems or supports that are available?
2: Well, from what I've learned about, what I've learned about um, seeing. You know just the people of various diverse backgrounds is just that oh culture is kind of a language it's kind of like it's kind of like being able to talk about something whether it's sports or whether it's Game of Thrones in between things like that are just sort of official business the ability to connect to people of there's the ability to connect to people who can give you things like resources, support, services, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I guess um, kind of by, I mean by virtue of being autistic, it, I would say that um, just the way someone's born can almost, not so much culture as in something that's learned by either their family or just being around a group of people, but Certainly things that, just a matter of being born and that become a part of culture can definitely be like, because so many neurotypicals who control things like access to um, education, healthcare, and stuff like that, because so many of them, because so many of them just are kind of so, have, had this bridge, this huge wall that has to be bridged between themselves and ASD individuals, yes, that can certainly affect their access to systems.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. so to kind of like summarize a little bit and correct me if I'm misinterpreting, but the some challenges with connecting with other people can impact your ability to then connect with those services. Yes,
2: I think mm-hmm. I think that's very true. Um cuz while for a neurotypical mother of an autistic child mm-hmm. to be trying to, you know, advocate for services for her children or receive services for her children can definitely be hard. I think I've seen how it can be so difficult for an autistic mother of an autistic child mm-hmm. who doesn't even sh- who doesn't even have the same access to the culture of insurance companies or sure. or um, educational school boards or systems. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah.
0: that's a huge player too. Just yeah. you know your your socioeconomic status, yeah. your language, things like that can really oh, yeah. impact your access to even knowing about some of the opportunities out there Um, that's something I've talked a lot about with like my peers is there might be all of these resources out there they're just really inaccessible to a majority of the people who need them. Oh sure
2: sure there are definitely definitely a lot of different resources and I think as it tends to go um, autistic and NT and NT individuals and as well as NT individuals and people who are not neurotypical there is kind of a different language and that's not so much in terms of different words for different concepts, but definitely a different way of expressing something that Mm -hmm. both people have it in their head to express Sure. So, yeah, which can create misunderstandings.
0: Sure. Definitely. So do you have any suggestions on how maybe neurotypical uh, people could better communicate and engage with people who identify as autistic?
2: Um, I'd say the first thing to do is just, if anything, I mean, if anything were to seem kind of offensive to you coming from an autistic or if anything were to seem weird from you coming from an autistic... I mean, it's good to step back before reacting too quickly. Just like I think it would be for people who go to any other any other part of the world that they're not from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in the end, there are there are of course going to be things that I say as an as someone from the United States. I'm going to mm-hmm. like and don't like, but I still have to put a lot of things into perspective before I judge anything from sure. someone else.
0: I think that's a really good comparison. Yes. Like, if you were in another country, what would be... Your yeah. b- or if someone who is from another country was talking with you, right. what would be your reaction? Yes. That's a really good comparison. Okay. So tell me a little bit about how systems have influenced you and your culture. Can be positive or negative? Or both. We can talk about both, too. Well,
2: I mean, they can definitely make people... I think they can definitely make people resilient, or they can make them things like, they can make them very much full of despair. Mm-hmm. They can they can push people to doing something, or they can just lead people to feeling very hopeless sure. and negative. But again, that's not like something that's something that's universally homogenous from person to person either. Sure. So. Yeah, it can, um, systems, and when they're, and when systems are positive, when systems actually do what they're supposed to do and work how they're supposed to, they can certainly create a lot of um, productivity and ingenuity and um, just a lot of unity among a, a culture, whereas if they're negative, they can promote a lot of just, Mm -hmm. disunity and a lot of just not things that are not very positive among Mm -hmm. the culture too.
0: Sure. Yeah. So are there any particular systems that stick out in your mind that have really had a positive impact on your life?
2: Hmm. I, well, as I was I think as far as educational systems go, I cannot say that in terms of public education, I can't say I've had uh, a very positive connection with that system. Mm -hmm. As far as um, the ability to create meaningful supports in like the JCCC system, there was, there was a system that was very conducive to that and the UCM system was kind of another matter and but there's also there is also the services that did give me an uh, autistic who is male and comes from a much more well-received socioeconomic economic background um, that did helped me to get occupational therapy services mm-hmm. one time. So, but again, that's not the same for autistics who might be female and will be long, years and years away from getting a diagnosis or who might be have a lower income level or of more marginalized ethnic backgrounds or just older and not going to receive the diagnosis for many many years who are not benefiting from that system Mm -hmm. and one thing I did say is maybe this would fall under systems but I did find that some of some of the so-called geek and nerd culture could be particularly welcoming I found um I sometimes found um, good relationships among people who were like into video game making or into the, or part of the comic book world and stuff like that and they, even though I sometimes could share different interests, I could find Mm -hmm. certain welcome and that is always a very positive thing. Yeah, cool. Yes.
0: Great. So how has we've kind of touched on it a little bit? If you can like yeah more like shape it a little bit. But so how has your interactions with the systems that we've kind of talked through? How has that impacted your worldview? It's
2: I'd say impacted how I it's impacted a lot of how I see people. It's affected oh it's affected my. I think it's affected the way as I deal with reality or conversely escape reality, sure. for one thing. Um, again, any person coming out of a, any person, any two people coming out of a similar experience with the same systems can, of course, have very much different reactions with their in terms of their worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taught me to, you know, hold, hold certain people close, but also sometimes to not be too trusting. Sure. Just know that people without meaning to can Mm -hmm. very much hurt you, and it's not that I fault them for meaning to, it's that I do see a problem that needs to be very much addressed, Mm -hmm. and very much tackled.
0: Sure. Would you say that um, the way that systems have influenced your life has kind of led you down, like, this path to support other people in their journey, like through Propel and the work you've done at JCCC and UCM?
2: Oh, yes. I mean, I wouldn't – I mean, I probably wouldn't have even – if I didn't have – if I were say – not autistic and didn't have any of the experiences in education throughout sixth grade or or any of the experiences beyond just beyond element beyond grade school or elementary school i probably would not have even known or cared that the autistic world even existed Mm -hmm. for one thing and so i probably wouldn't have known i I would go on I could go on living blissfully aware that you know that there is an autistic world or I could just pretend not to see it, sure, yeah,
0: so you kind of mentioned that your your school system was not the most supportive system right. yes um has there been a system that has been just really stellar and impacted your life very like like that you just see as like a really great system or is it just kind of the systems you've ended up creating? Um
2: in people? the in the in the private sector of education where I eventually ended up after after I'd you know after I'd not found much luck in my elementary school and so many other school options were open to explorations there were teachers who were definitely very instrumental and valuable to me in my life. Mm -hmm. So there is a system that was helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. I did get to meet other autistic people through local support networks and local camps. Sure. So that was good. I mean, there were, it's not that there were zero supports in place, but where supports really belonged in the first place, sure. they were not there. Sure. Yes.
0: So I want to, and I have a question about your teachers. Oh. Yes. <laughs> what do you, like, in your experience, just makes, like, a standout teacher? Like, what characteristics of the teachers that have really helped you to excel or that have you know really had a positive impact on you? What are those characteristics?
2: One would be a high school teacher who definitely, I'd say, helped me improve my writing skill while okay. I was in high school. I'm thinking another would be, I can think of another one who really stands mm-hmm. out in my mind. I'm trying to think exactly exactly what it was that Mm was stellar about this but
0: is it that they they take the extra time do they take do they help uh connect you with things like what about your teacher that helped you improve your writing what made him different than some of your other teachers
2: oh this one teacher hmm when i was um i mean she would read a lot of my stuff she would very she would see she would help me to identify the pros of what i uh-huh. was doing and would help me find out for myself how a lot of what i wrote sounded uh-huh. and by encouraging me to read over my papers and other and uh-huh. things that i wrote
0: Cool. Yeah. So just kind of like that guided support, is that... Yeah,
2: there's yeah. something to be said for that, I think. Sure. Um, all in all, I would say it's that they, they either understood autism and ADHD or else they were not, or at least they kind of had the ability to give the benefit of the doubts to sure. autism and ADHD. Sure. So
0: really understanding that culture can really impact how you impact people, I mean, as a teacher,
1: especially. Yes.
0: Cool. All right. So just to kind of wrap up the episode, some like higher level takeaways. Um, And so like what is what do you want people to know, um, people of different cultures who don't have the same experiences as you? What do you want them to know about your culture?
2: Well, I want them to know that there are people with, for all intents and purposes, there are people who I would call autistic in their culture. If they are a culture of more than 100 people, I think sure. there, is, there is definitely one autistic person mm-hmm. in them, even if they aren't diagnosed or even if they're hiding it as well as they possibly can mm-hmm. and it's working um cuz we are a cross cultural group we are in every nationality and ethnic group and religion and mm-hmm. economic background and social background because i think you know the evolutionary purpose that brought that brought autism to the human race that purpose i mean it's something that exists throughout our world because it was so necessary and and for that and because it because they are because they are this way for this reason this evolutionary reason i think it makes i think it's perfectly meaningful no matter where you live or no matter what diagnosis you have to recognize that there are these people who are in fact autistic. Sure. In these cultures, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes.
0: Yeah, and to know that all of these cultures have their, their subculture of uh, autism oh, yeah. happening yeah. underneath it. Yeah. Very cool. I like that. Um I also like how you address that there is this evolutionary need for um, autistic people as well oh yeah that's great okay so then to if there were one thing that everyone had to know so like you know by the time you leave elementary school if there's one thing everyone has to come out of elementary school knowing what would that one thing be
2: for for um, for people who are on the autism spectrum or... It or, can be
0: anything. Or, okay. Just really, like, through for, your lens, what do you think that any... Like, that this is meant Like, if you're leaving elementary school or you're graduating high school, you can't go out into the world without knowing. And that can be whatever you think So, it be.
2: just... Hmm. Just... Um, I think... Yeah, that looking at... That looking at... Um, the different experiences of every group of people, of every person, really, Um, and especially the more distinct ones that exist in terms of things like disability, race, ethnicity, Mm -hmm. class, religion, gender, and sexual orientation, and all that, Mm -hmm. Um, they're all very much um, um this whole a whole world that you don't know exists or you might actually be part of before you really have an actual idea exist is essential not only to understanding some people you are bound to meet along the way and would hopefully do right by but also okay. yourself too. Sure, yes, very much
0: cool
2: well, i that is very much how I would see. Um, what I would tell anyone just Mm -hmm. trying to get out in the world of sort of their own volition or just yeah
0: realizing that there's things are greater than you there's more happening that's outside of your your realm and right cool definitely perfect well that is all of the questions I have today um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, I think it's really great.
2: Well, thank you so much for this interview. Yeah. I appreciate it so much.
1: Good. And then we will get that out. So I will stop the recording. This episode of Dignified People is affiliated with Summit Future Foundation, which is a Kansas City-based profit that empowers youth and young adults with developmental disabilities to achieve a meaningful life in their community. You can visit us online at summitfuturefoundation.org, Or if you'd like to get social with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Summit Future Foundation.
0: That was the Dignified People podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next time to continue to be a part of something bigger.